Jesus, I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Your love and power. Let Your blessings fall on me. I surrender. I surrender. Salvation, glory, glory to His name. I surrender all. I surrender all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender. Ask the Lord that the King of Kings would speak unto us and meet us at the point of our needs. That God Himself would reveal His plan, His purpose unto us. Let's ask that God will speak even unto our hearts in the name of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, we thank you once again the opportunity you have given unto us to come before you to look at the law of liberty we are asking that your holy spirit will shine the lights upon the word and will illuminate our hearts and enhance our journey to your celestial kingdom that you have prepared for us in the name of jesus we pray that we will not just come and listen we will not just hear the word these words will profit us 
and we enhance our journey even to our eternal home. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to thank the Lord for uh, bringing us to this session again. And this is the fifth in a series of studies we started on the last night of Sodom. And throughout this series, we have been examining the life of love, especially around the time of the destruction of Sodom. There are a lot of things to learn. And we have been taking these in bits that we have called sections. So we started this series by emphasizing that the evening before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah with the adjoining cities was just like any other evening. And during that session, we emphasized that so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. That people will be unprepared when Christ will come. During the second session, we looked at the topic end time loss as a first part to talk about Lot as a man living or who chose to live at the edge of a precipice. And during this session, we emphasized how Lot's decision and even series of decisions predisposed him to a very, very dangerous situation that we have come to know that spelled doom for his family and almost led to his own destruction. And specifically, we emphasized why believers should follow and know God personally. And some of these things will come again too and pray about before we end this series. Two weeks ago, we also talked about Sodom. And we compared Sodom, the state of Sodom, what Sodom means, and what were the sins of Sodom. And we looked at how does that compare to our own time in this dispensation. Now all this, if you have not listened to them, they are online, and we trust God that God will speak unto you in Jesus' name. Now, last week, we talked about the matter of arising and escaping for our lives. Now, I need to do all this introduction because it is a journey. And we separated the matter of arising from the need to escape. And we said that a man must first arise before he does what? He escapes. And again, it is important to listen to that session, if possible, over and over, because we're going to be building on that today. And by the grace of God, we are trusting to do the same thing when we come next week as well. Now, if you will follow me to the book of Colossians, and I'm going to start from Colossians by design today, because I want to come to a conclusion before we even go into the study. If you look at Colossians chapter 3, and from verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, if ye then be reason with Christ, receive the word arise, reason. Now, there is a call upon our lives to seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God. To set, you see verse 2 says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So, when we come today to look at the matter of remembering Lord's wife, and you see the word of Apostle Paul here in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 2, you will begin to realize what were the problems. While a man, a person, might have risen with Christ, it is not all that a man needs to do. There needs to be a seeking and a setting of affection. And so, it is when we seek and we set and we press on onto the everlasting journey, that is when we can get the benefits of that which happened 
Praise the Lord. So today, as we look at someone who though came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but did not really escape, we'll be looking at what can we learn by examining the life of this woman. And our emphasis will be on seeking and setting and pressing on. So we'll be saying, if you have received the grace of God for salvation, by the grace of God. And the Bible says, it is by grace that you saved. It is by mercy. We talked about that last week. Not our own works. Because many of us still wanted to linger, like Lot and his family. But by his great mercy, he brought us out. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. So we must do our part in seeking and setting our affections on things above. You see, that is not what Christ will do for you. Why you will do it with Christ? And we're going to talk more about this. Because we want to bring this topic not to just talk about Lot's wife, which we will do, but rather to bring it to the matter of applying it to our lives. As a matter of fact, Lot's wife was given in that passage as a, a monument, an example of what happens to people who do not really, really what? Escape. I pray that God will enhance our journey to escaping today in Jesus' name. Now let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 19. And we're going to look at two verses. And you begin to see what was the life of this woman like, Lot's wife. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. You see, when they had brought them forth abroad, they had already left Sodom and Gomorrah. They were already out of destruction. Now, the angel says, escape for thy life. Look at the express instruction. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Wow. So a man can still be consumed if he does not obey the instruction. Now, if you look at verse 26, the Bible then says, boss. And when it, it, it sentence starts with the word boss, you see, there's something to pay attention to there. Both his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So Lot's wife, as we will consider today, and as many of us have come to know her, the Bible never specified her name. Throughout the scriptures, all we know about her was that she was Lot's wife and she looked back. Not even a mention of where she came from. There are people that say that maybe she's a native of Sodom. So people said, oh, maybe she had exposure to Abraham. Maybe, you know, Lot was already married. But we never heard anything about her. Now, I will not go into this matter, especially as it relates to family in this section. There are many, many things that God would have us to pay attention to as regards to family life. But now, we'll focus more on the actions of this woman. So, you will notice that she was only mentioned Throughout all the events that happened that night when the angels held their hands. Praise the Lord. And so, at the point when she looked back was the time that she was again mentioned. Now, you see, one thing I noticed going through this passage again, and I want you to pay attention to that, is that the, the context of her looking back was not described. Moses was the one that wrote the book of Genesis. While Moses wrote about it, it was only in the context of the summary 
of the events that happened that evening. If you look at that from verse 13 to 29, Moses was summarizing what happened, what happened, what happened. And most of what you see there are in the past tense. Now, but there is something to pay attention to in the language of that passage. Again, starting with the boss, but his wife looked back. Again, from behind him. I would have expected, possibly, that the Bible would say, but his wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. That would have just been okay. And that wouldn't change so many things. Because this topic we still have been talking about, the fact that she looked back. But she looked back from behind him and became a pillar of salt. Now, again, some of these things we'll not talk about because we'll pick them up later as we'll be talking about family life. But what were the context of a looking back? Now, Jesus Christ gave us some further information about this in the book of Luke chapter 17 and from verse 31 to 32. If you quickly go to Luke chapter 17, verse 31 to 32. Here the Bible says, In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop, talking about the time, the day in which Christ will come, he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. What's in verse 32? Remember Lot's wife. So we begin to see that the matter of a turning back was not just a matter of just turning head. It was that there was a returning back. There was an intent to go back. And if you look at that passage again, Luke chapter 17, Jesus was talking about leaving stuff in the house. You know, stuffs, things, will make many people not to run their journey to the celestial kingdom. You know, things that men love so much would hinder their race to God's heavenly kingdom. And there are many people who, as a result of their stuff, their possessions, their materials, they have stopped, paused, running their race. And that was the pause of their death. That was the pause that brought about their falling away from grace. And see, Jesus was telling us here, remember Lord's wife. Now, if you read the book of Luke chapter 17, you know Jesus was speaking in parables. And he was speaking that we may pay close attention to these very, very critical matters that arose as a result of Lot's wife. This woman, Lot's wife as we know her, what was her character? Let's assume she knew Abraham. She was associated with good people. She had divine aid and support afforded unto her during times of danger. You know, there are many people like that. As a result of the association, they received grace and mercy. As a result of where they were born, they received grace and mercy to be exposed to salvation. But once they get saved, because they have not come to really understand what that race entails, you see one leg pursuing and one leg in the world. Brethren, may I tell you that many of the people who call themselves Christians today, 
And this is not to blame anybody. It is just a function of the fact that many times, while they were associated and they had the opportunity to hear the gospel by virtue of their exposure and through the grace of God, not by the works that they did, because they could have been born anywhere, they, they came out. But while they came out, one leg in the world, one leg towards the journey. Nobody is traveled that way and runs. I pray the Lord will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Now, so this woman, despite her exposure, she was in the world. She lived in the world. She transacted in the world. Though she came out, we are talking about the world in terms of Sodom and Gomorrah now. It was not so much of her own will. The Bible tells us that they were lingering. They did not want to go. And we are going to talk more about what can we learn from this. Now, as we look at this whole topic quickly in three different perspectives. Number one, we look at the realities that a man can actually start a journey and not finish it. Number two, we, we look at the matter of the results of not finishing, of looking back. And lastly, we look at what are the steps we can take, the remedy against turning back. Because we want to bring this application to ourselves. So let's go quickly. The realities, and what does this teach us? And we'll talk more about this lot's wife here. One, it tells us that it is not enough to arise. The book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 22 says, For he that endureth to the end shall be saved. So it is not enough to start. We must continue. The book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So a man that is escaping is running a race. So men who arose may not run. Men who arose can still fall. And it's important that we must run. It is a race. It's a race to escape from the world towards the celestial city. Many are woken up to flee, yet they look back. Forgetting the words of our Lord Jesus Christ that no man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. This woman, Lot's wife, was not deaf to the call, arise and escape. She heard. But that morning, she arose. Perhaps the place still looked beautiful. Their home and possessions still looked very attractive. And they seemed not to be an imminent sign of danger. So they lingered until the angels dragged them out hastily out of the city. Perhaps she thought in her mind, must she leave all? Must she go without taking something? You know, I don't know what that thing could be. Maybe just one thing, one extra thing, one more thing. And she's forced. And that was the force of death. You know, there are many people today still looking for one more thing. One more thing that they need to get from the world. If I've gotten this, then I can follow the Lord. If I've gotten this, then I can run my race. Maybe to even enhance my running. But that's a lie. It is the pause that brings about death. death. Number two. The question we are talking about today 
it's not about the past of a man in Christ, but it's about the, the position that a man has with Christ today. It will not save a man that he was once born again. No, God is calling us, he says, look not back, look not behind you. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you know that it's not a matter of the fact that I was once saved? The question is, are you still saved and are you looking unto Jesus? Later, I will mention the fact that it is not looking that is a problem. It is where you look. Some men will look unto Jesus. Some men will look at the world. Where are you looking? Is the question for you. Brethren, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 39, it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. For you will have need of patience. That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not hurry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And it says in verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The saving of the soul. The saving of the soul. That you were once saved does not mean that that is all. You must continue. You must not cast away your confidence. You must believe on the saving of the soul. That your soul must be saved. There is an eternal salvation. You know, the arising takes you away from those external things. Your heart must long for the celestial city. You must love where you are going to. You know, the thought in here is that there is work to be done after salvation. It is not the deception that goes around today. Some people will say, once you are saved, you are saved. God saved Lot, and it is his present immediate family, purely by grace and mercy. Now, they are set out of the city of destruction and given the instruction, escape. See, we still must escape in the same way. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, by grace are ye saved. Through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But that's not all. If you go to that Colossians we read, it says, Now that you have been risen out, seek and serve. You have to play your part. I have to play my part. You know, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, said, I will give you rest. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In that passage, you see, there are two forms of rest that I talked about here. The first one, he says, I will give you rest. Free of charge. I will give you. Just come in faith. But there's another one that comes by you taking Christ's yoke upon you and learning of him. And the Bible says, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You remember, I emphasize souls. Earlier, that is why I did that. There is still rest for the soul. And this one, while the first one you are giving, like Lot and his wife, free of charge by the mercy of God, by the grace of God. But now, you must 
find rest and it's by you walking daily time after time with God with Christ and taking the yoke of Christ upon you now this topic I'm talking about we have talked at length about it in a different series and we called it a twofold rest in Christ and there are different passages of the scripture that talks about this matter that there is a part there is another part that first part you may receive by grace but once you are out you must now walk it's the same thing when you're saying faith without work is dead. Now, I need to mention again, because many are being deceived now already with a false sense of security that once you raise up your hand in a meeting, that's all. Cheap grace. I've come to tell you that there is more to do after you seem to have overcome sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you. Now you need to walk. Now you need to, to press on. Now you need not to look back to those sins. Salvation is of twofold. Rest is of twofold. It's what we are learning today again. That while the first part only takes faith from you, just come. The second part requires you to show an expression of the faith you still possess. Walk. That's why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15, he says, Not as though I have already attained. Either we already made perfect, but I follow after. There is a following after. If that I may apprehend, press on. That for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, to have attained. I do not say I have attained because I preach. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, but reaching forward to those things which are before. There are things before. I press forward. I press toward the mark of the price of the high calling. See, Lot's wife, perhaps she worked a little bit, but she did not complete it. And Paul the Apostle in that passage said, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. They're going to be perfect. They're going to enter into God's celestial kingdom and escape the rot that is coming upon this world. We must be dust minded. Press on. Press forward. Press forward. Press on. The Bible says it, and it is true. So far, we are still in this world. We are called to press towards the mark. There is a high calling. And we're going to talk about this when we talk about spiritual mountaineering next week by the grace of God. We are called to press on, to move up, and to move on. Let's talk briefly about this woman before we get to the second point. He says, this Lot's wife disobeyed an express command and was used as, as an example to many generations. Her hand tells us that there is great duty still required of the decision to follow the Lord, of the decision to come out of sin. It tells us that deliverance is not eternal. It is conditional. I mean, all those people that go about with eternal security. This is an example that deliverance is conditional. Eternal deliverance is conditional. If we flee as those who hear behind us, the tramp of the destroyer, if we rush as those who see the daylight hastening away, we shall be saved. If we run out like Brock Christian in the pregame progress, and we run for our lives, we will be saved. For if our hearts is filled with stuff. Our attention is filled with stuff. All the friends that we have left behind in Sodom. There's a call upon us today. Remember Lot's wife. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said, if any man draw back, in that passage you read, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. This woman anchored after some things that she possessed. She looked back. She turned back. But she paused, and at her pussy, 
it was the end. Oh, brother or sister, you have been brought out, perhaps, into salvation. My encouragement today is that you run. Run. And he's running. It is actually running with Christ. The life of this woman also tells us about the danger of backsliding. And the awful doom of anyone who forfeits the salvation of the Lord. You were brought out. You were lingering. And you were brought out to safety. Is that not grace enough? Is that not mercy enough? Many people do not have the opportunity you have. You know, some Christians today are frustrating the grace of God. And then after they have the opportunity to hear the gospel, and probably they raise their hand. Now they continue in sin. And Paul the apostle says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We must not frustrate the grace of God. We must continue. Quickly, what was the cause of Lot's wife turning back? I want to tell you that the origin, the bitter root of her sin, was not just that she disobeyed. It was first that there was unbelief lying beneath. And when we are going to be praying today, we are going to be asking that God will put every unbelief. Praise the Lord. You see, when Jesus was talking to that man, he said, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. For help my unbelief. There are people who believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But they still unbelief inside them. And because of that, they are actually vacillating between two opinions. Should I give all for Christ? Or should I edge my bets? God is calling you. Surrender all. Surrender all to the Lord. Give all to the Lord. And we're going to talk about that momentarily. Our unbelief led to disobedience. She broke the command of God. Look not behind thee, neither stay down in the plain. She stood still and looked back with a longing heart on what she had left. Brethren, do you know our sinful past can gain power over us when our love shifts, when our faith fails, when our eyes turns away from that hope that God has set before us? You know, I hear some people say, was not just looking back. God has forgiven people who did much more than that. May I say that that which seems to be just a simple act of disobedience that that woman did, committed, was a grave offense before God. It was such, the same act, expressed disobedience, that sent Adam and Eve out of the garden. It was such that the throne king saw and he became rejected of the Lord. And let me mention that the sin of disobedience does not come alone. Most of the time, it comes with other sins. It's a craft. It comes with covetousness. It comes with pride. It comes with hatred. Sometimes it comes with idol worship. If you look at the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, the Bible says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It's a craft. And you say, oh, it was just some looking back. No! There was the love of the world. There was the love for things. There was no love for where she was going to. She does not even know about where she was going to. She has not learned about it. She has not grown to know, to read the word, to know, to learn so much about where, where are we going to inquire about it. Brethren, are you inquiring about where you are going to? Are you building up your faith, the faith that comes by hearing and hearing the word of God? Are you building up your faith to know about where you are going to? If you don't know about it, you will not love it. You see, the problem of many in our generation, so-called Christians today, is because they have not learned about where they are going to. And the grace of God after this series, we're going to talk about 
heaven. We're going to talk about this matter. Because one of the gaps that is, is today is because many have not come to see the precious promises that have been given unto us. You know, we talk about many, 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 many things. We talk about prosperity. We talk about different things. Sometimes we talk about sin. But we don't talk about the heavenly state. Now, we may know in part, but even of those things that are revealed, do you love those? Do you love them? Do you know them? God is calling upon us. This woman, because of my time, she had unbelief. And that led to indecision. She does not, God has promised. Where you are going, I go to prepare a place for you. Does it seem abstract to you? And looking back upon Sodom, when God had forbidden it, shows that our mind was not fully made up. Anybody that will go, that will get into that city, must be fully made up. No lingering. You must set your affection. Look at what the Bible says. It says set. You know what it means to set? The time will start. You say 70. Stay there. Anytime, anything takes you off 70. Eat. Come back on. 70. Stay there. Set. And so, when you are beginning to, you know, lose some eat in your spiritual life. Oh, there is eat. Because there is a setting. Brethren, we are called to set our affection on things above. That's what it means to set. So when your heart begins to go down and begins to anchor and love the things of the world, you say, no, 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 no. My heart is beginning to do this. No. You quickly realize. And what? The heat comes on. You go back into poverty. You go back to loving the Lord. And say, no, no, no. And that's the time you have revival. Christians should have a series of revival. And don't you think that we're going to talk about this next week by the grace of God. Don't you think that the Christian life is just like this? So if you just do nothing, you just stay there. Look, we're going to talk about the, the, the pull of the world. The pull that the world has on men, Christians. So if there is no equal and opposite joining, force, faithful force, men will begin to go like this and they will not know. They will say, I want a plain life. I don't want to go up to the mountain. And they begin to go. They begin to go. And sometimes they may lose everything. The result of looking back. Lot's wife perished. After many solemn warnings, she was warned to arise and she lingered. You remember, God has warned them with war, the war that came. They did not see anything in it. And now, an angel came, she became one who experienced the visitation of God. But that was not enough because of her unbelief. You know, the Bible says, By grace are you saved? Not. Your works, it is the gift of God. Saved, that is not talking about eternal salvation. Like Lot and his family, many will have opportunities. Sometimes by affliction, sometimes by providence, sometimes somebody may die around and God used them to use that to just call them to fervency. Maybe by many, many sermons, many, many warnings. And if the warnings remain unheeded too, God may say at last, because I have called. And you refused. Look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse chapter 1, verse 24 to 33. Because I called and you refused. God just gave them up. And remember, to whom much is given, much shall be required. So don't begin to say, Was God overly? I, I, I read about people who wrote that God was overly ju judgmental about her matter. No. For whom, for whom much is given, much shall be required. You know, many of us we have privilege. Grace to hear, to know, 
Do you take all these things lightly? This woman, Lot's wife, she perished by a look. She was lost by a look. Do you know that it was not the look, I mentioned that earlier, that was the problem. It was where she looked. The love of a man is in what he looks at. What are you looking at? The love of a man is in the direction of his gaze, of the eyes. Perhaps the, lot, the wife, Lot's wife was looking at the beautiful city. Something beautiful that she contributed to the city that must not go. I'm probably thinking that she was going too hard to where she's going. Let me go and take it. Brethren, there is nothing you can add to God's kingdom from this world. Your money will not do. Your position will not do. Your privileges will not do. So you must forsake them, surrender them all. I was listening to a minister today, by the grace of God, our Father in the Lord. He said, you must surrender something. Brethren, do you know that heaven and hell is in a single glance of the eyes? Just a single glance of the eyes. It may be heaven, it may be hell. Eve looked at a tempting tree and brought sin and sorrow to our race. The Israelites, they looked at a brazen serpent and they obtained life. Lot looked forward to Zohar and he found safety for his wife. Looked back to Sodom and found destruction. One of the dying thieves looked on Christ and obtained eternal life. And the other looked from him and died without repentance. Heaven and hell is in the glance of the eyes. Where is your eyes? Where is the focus of your eyes? Brethren, we are encouraged in Hebrews chapter 12. Look unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Look at the joy that is set before us. Because that was what Jesus did. And no matter the challenges you may be going through, you may go through challenges. Jesus went through it. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. And now, now I added that, now he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is something. You are going to be set. Brethren, you are going to be set. Those challenges, you are going to be set. But you must look unto Jesus. Lot's wife perished, and I'm going to wrap up very quickly. After she had stood long and enjoyed great advantages. And this is a caution. She received the advantage of coming out. Escaping. Temporarily. The destruction of the world. But no. She did not escape. And I keep on saying, you have not escaped until you have escaped. There is no time that a man cannot fall. There is no time that a man, even people who have done great things for God, that they cannot fall. Let me give you three examples in the scriptures, just like Lot's wife. When I come to that last point, take example. The young prophet. He had opportunity. He was instructed by God. He did miracle, but he listened to a lie. The instruction that was given unto him was that do not take that path that you took when you were going. But somebody else said, who was the person that said it? And the lion killed him. Express judgment. He became a monument. The Bible says people were passing and they were looking at him. Was this not the prophet? Was this not the prophet? He became a monument. So it was not just Lot's wife. You know about Judas Iscariot. 
Oh, he had great privileges being with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the love, there was still one thing he might have preached. He went out when they said when they took them two by two. When he took the seventy also two by two, he must have preached to people. Like what time a man cannot fall if there is still something you are hanging on to. Maybe you begin to pray in your heart that God, is there anything in my heart that I'm still holding on to? That may hinder my journey. God, I'll put it this evening. I'll put it. This man, because of money, he betrayed his Lord. What did he do with the money? The money was used to buy the field of blood. If that became a monument again, a monument, where they bury people, it became a monument, just like Lot's life. We don't know so much about Demas, not written in the scripture, but we talked about the fact that he departed. Having loved this present war, he became a judge from what the story we heard. And that, you know, that passage just says, Demas, having loved this present war. Every Christian that passed, Demas, Demas. God forbid that will not be you in Jesus' name. Lord's wife became an illustration of the great influence that the worldly interest and affection could have on a life. What are the remedy? I'm going to list them out and we'll pray to the Lord. Number one, I believe the first admonition is a call that we must not linger in sin. If there's anybody here who is in sin or you find yourself in sin, why should you remain any longer in it? The first step is to arise now and do it with haste. Don't linger. With the mindset that you want to escape from it. Not that you want to be dangling back and forth. If you not do this, you can never reach the mountain of eternal salvation. And we'll talk about that next week. Again, number two, you must have a resolution. You must be resolute about where you are going. Brethren, this is where many fall and fail. There is no resolution. If we have not developed a law for where we are going, we have an opportunity to go back. The pilgrims, the 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 the, the heroes of faith, because they have a law for where they are going to, they had opportunity. Maybe they would have had opportunity. But they have a law for where they are going. The Bible says they saw as the invisible. Though they may not know everything about it. Paul said we, we, we see in part. It's like we are looking in a glass. But there's something fit within you. That is built within you knows that. There is something that you must pursue that is more than those, these ephemeral things. You must build your faith in the love of the Lord and his word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. Number four. You must be like Jesus. Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and it sets. I pray we'll be set in Jesus' name. There is more to gain in the hereafter than here. You must know that and believe that. This world has nothing to offer. The Bible says that the whole, everything, everything is reserved unto fire. So why do you want to, to, to pitch your tents? To take anything in this world? There's nothing. We came into this world empty, we will leave empty. If there's anything you want to prioritize to build, it's your faith, your love for God, and your pursuits of this great blessing. Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. So let your love be on Christ. He tells us that we are in the last days. Jesus Christ said, during the last days, in the last days, Matthew chapter 24, the love of many shall wax cold. So we have seen, even sometimes, men of God, who once were in the love of God, they hearted, lived, and walked in the love of God, but all of a sudden, the direction of their love changes. The center of their affection changes. And now they are drawn again to the love of the world and the things that are in it. And if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Ultimately, my brethren, we must surrender all. 
The world and all that is in it must not be anything of value to you than the love of Christ. The Bible says, what shall separate us from the love of God? So put all your trust, your faith, your, your trust in God. Regardless of whatever you do or whatever happens to you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, 7 to 11 says, but what things were gained to me? I gained them, not that I did not gain them. Those I reckon, I counted loss for Christ. That is the mind you need to have. Yet doubtless, I count all things but loss for what? The excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You must be reading to know the word of God, to know the law of the Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Surrender all. And do count them for dung. Things that will be destroyed. That I may win Christ. And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. Which is of the law. But that which is true faith in Christ Jesus. The righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him. That must be your pursuit. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. That I may be made conformable. Unto his death. We'll talk about this next week by the grace of God. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That is what it takes to surrender. That is what it takes to climb, to walk, to run, to escape. You must surrender. You must seek those things that are above. You must set your affection on things that are on high. And you must press on. Press toward the celestial city. I wrap up by saying, if you therefore be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. And you want to go to the Lord in prayer this Evening. And make sure you do that beyond this time also. And say to the Lord, God, I have seen and I've heard about Lord's wife. What is it in me that may hinder my own upward journey? I'll put it today. What is that love in me that may bring about, oh, a doom of my eternal life? God, search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. I surrender them all to you. I surrender them all to you. My love, I surrender. Oh, perhaps maybe you are listening to me today. And at some point, you felt the dread of sin. And you give, you said, oh, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. But now, you are beginning to find yourself back. Like Jacob. Oh, you saw ladder going up. And then you see angels ascending and descending. And you said, this is, you experienced Bible. You said, this is the house of God. And never knew that God was here. And you experienced the Bible. But the next chapter, immediately, you went your whole way. I think nothing happened. God is calling you back. Surrender all to him and say, God, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do today? Which direction would you have me to go? Search me. And let there be love for you. Help me to build and to walk with you. Take the yoke of Christ and learn of him. And you will find rest. Oh, that woman, Lot's wife, never found rest. Just right there, right there. Where she became a pillar of salt, that was her head. No rest. As the people of Sodom never had rest, she did not have rest. Pray to the Lord. God, help me. Help me that I will find rest in you. I will give all that it takes. All that is required of me. Reading the word of God. Loving you. Seeking the things that are above. Help me. Help me. And the Lord will help you. In Jesus' name. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege that you have given unto us to come before you and to look at this love. While we have prayed, we are still going to pray. Lord, help us that this journey we will run. We will run rightly. We will run with the whole of our hearts, with the whole of our love, 
with the whole of our minds, we do that which is pleasing unto you. Help us that our lives will not become monumental. Our, our Christian journey will not become historical. Oh, our race in this world will not turn to like, he was, he was once righteous. She was once righteous. But look at what has become of him or her. Father, help us. As we have started this race and we are running, help us to continue. Could there be anyone who is seeking to come unto you today and begin this journey? Oh Lord, bring in and strengthen to walk with you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. God bless you richly. And see you next week by the grace of God.